If you would, turn in your Bible this morning to, to 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're continuing our God is Faithful series last week. We looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And how God was faithful to them. And so today we're looking at how God is faithful in fear. And actually I was uh, planning on going a little bit further in the story. But the more I got into the study and the more I got into it, I felt like, well, I just need to camp here this morning because uh, it is so applicable to our lives. And so the thing is, is that when we fear, there are all kinds of senses that are heightened, is it not? Maybe it's a, a fight or flight mentality. Maybe it's a protector mentality. But I got to tell you that as we start this series, this picture, let me show you the next slide. This is actually the picture that that was taken from. And if it looks familiar, great. And if it doesn't, I'll go ahead and explain it to you. One night after vacation Bible school, after everybody had gone, I was driving the bus back and I noticed that the light was on in the women's restroom. And so I knew that if I didn't go turn it off, I'd probably get a call or somebody would tell me that it was on. So I came into the church and I did what you're not supposed to do when you in any kind of scary movie. I walked into the church and I didn't cut the lights on. Do I not know anything, right? And then as I looked at it, this this is the, the women's bathroom door down at the end of the hall. So at the end of the dark hallway, you see a light with a door cracked. First of all, I thought, hey, this is a pretty cool picture. And But the second part is I thought, this is kind of spooky. But I don't care how strong you are. If you're in a large room, especially a place that is sacred, uh, it, it, there's kind of all kinds of feelings there. But uh, sometimes if you walk into a space that uh, is eerily silent and maybe dark, maybe your sightings are, I mean, your your senses are heightened. But uh, I tell you what, there's been times where we've done things, even as youth groups, when I would challenge, we'd do a lock-in and I'd tell the kids, I know one thing you cannot do. And they were like, what? And they were thinking maybe like drink a Mountain Dew the fastest or something like that. I said, no, what I want you to do is I want you to go into the church sanctuary with all the lights off. And the last person to stay in there wins. Oh, that's nothing. So they'd go over there and a minute later, all of them would be coming back. Because sometimes just, the, it's, it's just weird how your senses just play with you. But, but that's one thing to, to fear to be in a building. Sometimes we have been in situations where there's, there is real fear. And, and for many folks, fear is a real thing. And uh, it motivates some people to be fearful. For some people, it shuts them down. For some people, it paralyzes them. But the thing is, I guarantee you, all of us in here, at some point in our life, have experienced fear, maybe are in the midst of fear, or will have fearful situations in the future. And so, as we kind of paint the canvas for what we're talking about today, God is faithful. And as believers, we know that. We know that God is faithful. We sing about it. We read about it in His Word. We, we pray to Him. We believe it. But there have been times in my life, and I don't know about you, where I knew the verses, I knew the prayers, I knew the songs, I knew the top ten things that the preacher and Christians would say, and it still didn't help. I was still scared. And even in the midst of that fear, I know that God is faithful. But I'm kind of like Thomas. I'm like, Jesus, I love you, but but help my unbelief. Fear can fake us out, folks. And 
I don't know about you, but we can be knocked down again and again until we think maybe, God, I cannot handle anymore. Have you ever been in that situation where you said, Oh, the Bible says that the Lord will not put on more than we can bear. It's like I told the Wednesday night crowd. That is not in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God will only give you what you can handle. Actually, it says that He'll give you more than you can handle so that you will look to Him, so that you will depend upon Him and take up Jesus' yoke for His burden is life. Because God is faithful. Well, sometimes I've been in that situation where I think, man, I cannot take one more thing. And before you know it, what happens? You get one more thing. And sometimes I'm like, God, is there not anybody else that you can pick on? But I can tell you, in the best of times and in my lowest of lows, I have never lost sight of the fact that God is faithful. And we talked last week about that's where Satan wants to attack us, is to make us think that God is going to let us fall and fail. It doesn't matter how far you fall as a Christian believer, you are in his hands. You will only fall to the depth of which he allows. I think of, I see dads all the time when they have these newborn babies and, and they're a little bit bigger and they're not so fragile. They'll throw them up in the air and like, they just love it and daddy catches them and up and down. Sometimes God does that with us. He throws us up in the air. And I promise you, when we're falling, it may feel like he won't catch us, but he does. Well, that kind of sets up the text today. We're, we're looking over the next two weeks at Elijah. Elijah was faithful in the midst of his fear. And in this point, we see in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah was a man who was committed to God. He did not have any supernatural strength. He was not born with some ability that you and I do not have. He was simply a man doing what God asked him to do. He was doing the will of God. And that led him to accomplish many God-sized tasks. Some of you in here, you have accomplished tasks that when you go back and you think about it, there's no way I could have done it on my own. Well, I'm telling you, you didn't. It was because God was with you and God is faithful. So Elijah would go down in history as one of Israel's most famous prophets. He is famous for many reasons, but today... We're going to look at a time when God displayed his faithfulness through Elijah. Next week, we're going to look at how God displayed his faithfulness to Elijah. But today is how God expressed his faithfulness through Elijah. And as we look at the scripture this morning, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 13, we see that fear forces you to focus on the urgency of your situation. Fear forces you to focus on the urgency of your situation. We look in verse 8, and it says this. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow Gathering sticks. Oh, by the way, there was a a terrible famine going on in that land during this time. And so he saw this widow gathering sticks and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called her. 
And bring me a bite of bread too. (laughs) Imagine that. Excuse me, lady, would you give me a cup of water while you're at it? Bring me some bread. In the middle of a famine, this woman is already picking up sticks and doing something. So here Elijah has come and asked her to do this for him. So in verse 12 it says, But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil at the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. That gives you a little perspective of what kind of situation they were in. Here we have Elijah that has been called by God to do something and he is one of Israel's most renowned prophets but at this point he's not. And we see in a couple of verses before this, God used the birds to feed Elijah. And now he's using this widow to feed him. But this widow is on her last leg. Have you been there? Have you been to the desperation that she was as a widow? Not only is she hurting because she is by herself, but she is going to fix a last meal for her and her son before she believes that they'll die. The widow at Zarephath was in a tough place. We all have been in tough places. And folks, I want you to understand something. God speaks to you, just like he spoke to Elijah, and just like he spoke to this woman. God speaks to you in the middle of your situation. We know that she was a believer because verse 8 says, I have instructed her to feed you, Elijah. So we see that God has already gone before Elijah and started speaking to this woman. And if she wasn't a believer, she was at least sensitive to what he was saying to him. So yes, God continues to ask his children to serve him even when they are in tough times. Look, because we are in tough times, because we are fearful, it does not give us a pass. Oh, God will understand if I don't do that. According to this, no, he won't. If God has called you to do something, He is going to give you the opportunity and the means to do it. And it says that we see here, life is not all roses. As a widow, not only was she grieving, but back then to be a widow, it was hard to survive. There were no help programs. There were no government incentives or assistance. And the future for a widow with a child was very bleak. Her only hope would be if the child would grow up and support her. She was without hope. And again, listen to her despair in verse 12. She says, I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. That's grim. But we see something else. We see that in our second point of verses 13 through 16. We see that fear tells you what you do not have. But faith makes you grateful for what you do have. Fear will tell you that you do not have enough. Fear will tell you to sit down and to be worried and to be paralyzed and stop doing anything productive. Stop stop being productive in your family. Stop being productive in your church. Stop being productive in your job and just sit there in a chair and worry all the time. That is what fear wants you to do. Fear tells you what you do not have. But your faith in God will make you grateful For what you do have. Can I get an amen? Because that is the gospel truth. 
If we focus on what we don't have, we will go down a rabbit hole that we can't get out of ourselves. But if we focus on what God has done for us, even in the midst of fear, we know that God is faithful. Let me show you this. If Satan can get you to doubt God's provision in your life, he knows it opens the door for him to wreak havoc in your life. Many of you feel like your life is out of control and you're just trying to hold on. Well, my friend, in the middle of that storm, God is faithful. And my question to you is, have you allowed something to come into your life to tell you that God is not faithful? Has something crept into your life to make you think that God is just something you do a couple days a month or a couple of days a week, but that really, you know, you've got to handle things your own way? I'm telling you, fear will wreak havoc in your life because we see that, we talked about last week in Genesis 3, the fall of man. The serpent tempted Adam and Eve and said, did God really say that? Is God really faithful? And what was the result of that? Don't let your guard down, believer. Don't let fear fake you out. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of it at times like, I have things and they are so bad and I have nothing to give back to God. Just like this widow. I have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and that's just for my my son and I's last meal. She really thought that that was it, that she couldn't do anything. Let me warn you, when Satan, when you invite him into your mind and your thought process, he will bring darkness and shackles and chains with him. Some of you are in a prison because of Satan's influence that you have created from your own fear. And Elijah is here to tell you, and I'm here to tell you, not as somebody who is perfect. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching from things that I have learned. He is telling you, snap out of it. That I am faithful. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I created you. I knew from before you were even born what you would become. And I love you. And I sent my son to die for you so that you can be with me for eternity. So you do not need to live in fear. I am faithful. I have proven it. Notice God was wanting her to feed Elijah. She had little, but she used it to do what God has asked. Elijah needed to eat for his future mission. Let me ask you something. Do you not think that you do not have enough to serve God with? Do you think you don't have enough to serve God? Are you like this widow? Well, preacher, I I would do something, but you know, my my age just won't let me. Or my, you know, the, the situation in my bank account, I got more bills than I got money at the end of the month. Or, you know, I really would like to do this, but I got this going on and that going on. How are, you, know, you can tell me all of these things, but how are these stacking up to our Creator? He knows exactly what that woman has because He's the one that gave it to her. And He knows exactly what you have because He's given it to you as well. Don't think that you don't have enough to serve God with because God is faithful and everything that you have is from Him. And I got news for you. There will be times in your life where you will not have what you want, but you will have what you need. 
You will not have what you want, but you will have what you need. We see in verse 13 that God was put first in everything. We see that God always provides enough. And in verse 16, we see that God is faithful to the promise that he made Elijah and always faithful to you. Well, let's go back and read how that plays out. Verse 13 through 16. He says, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. So Elijah's saying, trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to put you out. I'm just doing what God has, has told me that you would do. Just go ahead and fix it and, and trust God. Just like the boy with the loaves and, and the, the fishes. When they were feeding 5,000 men and their families. Give me what little bit you have and watch God work. Is what he was saying. So as we read on, it says, Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. And then check this out. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Again, they are in the middle of a famine. They are in the middle of a financial recession. Times are tough. And the only thing she has to her name is her son and her oil and her flowers and a roof over her head. Her flowers. Her flower. So it says in verse 15. So she did as Elijah said. And check this out. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. Many days. A little bit of flour and a little bit of oil has lasted them for days. And it also says her family continued to eat for many days. There was always what? There was always enough. There was always enough just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Folks, I'm telling you, there are times when you're going to feel like you don't have enough, that there's no way you can do something that God is asking you to do. And that is the prime spot where God is asking you to do it. Because it takes a step of something. And what is it called? Faith. It takes a step of faith to trust Him. And let me tell you something. You will never know God's blessings and God's faithfulness in your life unless you take a risk and jump out on faith. If you wanted your Christianity to be safe, you are in the wrong place and worshiping the wrong God. We are secure, don't get me wrong. But easy and a bed of roses? No, ma'am. No, sir. Jesus Christ is a king, but he was also a suffering servant. What we see here next is that God is faithful in your worst fears. God is faithful in your worst fears. Starting at verse 17. He thought, hey, they all had plenty of food and they lived happily ever after. Folks, this is not a fairy tale. This is real world. Again, God, I can't take one more thing. But as you keep on reading, verse 17, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse. And finally, he died. 
I've never experienced this and I never will have to, but some of you have. For a parent to bury a child, no matter what age, there is no worse thing to do. And whether it be bearing a child or miscarriages or abortions, that touches all of our lives. And so, you I, I don't mean to be melodramatic, but I want you to feel the weight of this. That the Bible is sharing with us. Her worst fear has come to light. God, I did what you said. I, I fed this man. And yes, we had we had plenty of food left over and enough for the family. But now you take my son? It's not fair. How could God be faithful in this? It says he grew worse and worse and he died in verse 18. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and to kill my son? So now she has turned on Elijah. Elijah who brought them blessings is now the death angel in her mind. And then, but Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? Even Elijah, the man of God, is saying, God, why have you put me in this situation? Have you as a believer ever told God that? Or felt that? God, why am I here? What are you doing? This is not fair. Maybe it's just me. But it says, Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, Why have you brought tragedy to this widow and opened her home to me, causing her son to die. Verse 21, and he stretched himself out over his child, over the child, three times and cried out to the Lord. Three times. Folks, I gotta tell you, sometimes it takes a little persistence. If you don't get your way like you want at Burger King, sometimes you keep asking and you keep praying and you keep hoping. So the, for three times, he cried out, Oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. Then Elijah, I bet he's thinking, man, God, you are faithful and thank you for saving my bacon. <laughs> then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Now I know that you are a man of God. This woman at one point had lost everything. I want you to understand from this passage that God's faithfulness is meant to transform you, not to please you. God's faithfulness is meant 
to transform you, not to please you. The greatest lie that Christians believe today is that God's main desire is for you to be happy. Oh no, it's not His main desire for you to be happy. His main desire for you is to be holy. God's faithfulness is meant to transform you, not to please you. Do not think God has failed you when things do not go your way. And do not be naive enough to expect smooth sailing all the time. If someone told you that being a Christian is a bed of roses, and if your faith is strong enough, you're going to have victory in everything, they have not lived a full Christian life. We can have victory, but there will be battles. Ron Dunn is a, a he, he's now passed, and I've used his quotes and his material a lot, and I, I had to share this with you. He is a man that, that knows what tragedy is like, and uh, he knows that God is faithful. He was an evangelist for years until he passed. He taught one of my, my seminary classes that still, I believe, was one of those life-changing classes. And he says this in a sermon called, Surprise, It's God. In that sermon saying, surprises God, he says, Good and evil run on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time. The transformation God wants to work in my life doesn't happen in a single moment, but rather it takes place gradually over a period of time. Usually when we are alone and in the dark, Now, I have no problem with 30-second experiences at the altar, but 30-second experiences will not transform you. If you are in the middle of a fight, understand that God's holding you and His desire is to transform you. I think of Jacob who had to wrestle with Angel. God was his aggressor. And God was changing his character. Do not think that when God does a miracle in your life, that your troubles will be over. The famine they were enduring was bad enough, but now this visitor that had brought the widow provision was now the one that was bringing death. And we will continue to endure victories and trials to each of us, depending on God and His faithfulness. God wants us to depend on Him. And then we see... In this last passage that I read, find the lesson in your fear to understand God's faithfulness. Find the lesson in your fear to understand God's faithfulness. What does that mean? What is God trying to teach you? What is the lesson? Now, we can look back at this passage now in hindsight and glean a few things. Number one, for the widow. The widow, she had trusted God to give sacrificially to feed Elijah. She learned that whatever we give to God always comes back to bless us. What we give to God always comes back to bless us. What if she had refused to feed Elijah? And what if her son had become sick anyway? You never know what one act of faithfulness is going to mean for you and your family and the world around you. Every miracle, large and small, begins with an act of obedience. 
had a, a music minister one time that told us, I'll never forget this. He said, the, hinge, the, the door of God's blessings swing on the hinge of obedience. If you are not obedient to God, you will never know God's true blessings. I'm not being mean about it, but it's just a fact. If I don't read the directions on how to operate something that I buy, I will never know fully how it works. You're not always going to have high points. You're going to have low points and times when you have to trust God. But then again, the thing that really puts this in perspective is that just as this affects the widow, there was also a lesson for Elijah. Elijah trusted God and his faithfulness. God told him to go. So he went and he was fed by birds. Then he was fed by a widow. And on his watch, the widow's son dies. What a roller coaster is that? And then we see that by him healing this boy, Elijah healing this boy did something amazing that you may not have even thought about. Elijah, and we'll learn next week, is about to face the king. And so these things that led up to what he is about to face are preparing him for the stand that he is going to have to take. And this woman says in the last verse, that now I know that for sure you are a man of God that the Lord shall truly speak to. This was validating Elijah. This was giving him the experience to know that God is with him so that when he comes in a greater test, that he has this to pull upon. My friend, let me tell you what. The reason you go through trials and the reason you go through tribulations is to prepare you for what God has for you next. So don't let fear win. Don't let fear keep you from preparing you for what God has for you in the future. God is faithful to you in your fear. He created you. He saved you. If you have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. God gave you the very best He had at a tremendous cost. Why did He do that? Because He is faithful. He is with you. And also, you and I will dwell with him again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And as I I read this passage, I just found myself at times weeping. And just telling you, God, I get it. I understand that the reason we go through things like this is to prepare us for what you have that's next. And that you never promised us Nothing but crowns. Lord, you promised us a cross that we must bear daily. And so, dear Heavenly Father, if fear has paralyzed believers in here today, if fear has taken away the sight that you are faithful, I pray that that is removed and burned away like the dew on the morning lawn. And then people would see today or remember today and proclaim today that you are faithful. Regardless of what we've gone through, regardless of what we're in, or regardless of what's to come, you will be there. And if there's anybody here today that has been on the fence, 
or holding back on a commitment to you. Today is the day. Don't let them dwell on what they don't have or what's been taken, but what you offer. My invitation today is this, that if there is anybody here that wants to know you as your Savior and Lord, would they come forward and I will pray with them. Maybe someone has a prayer request that want to come to the altar or just pray with me or join the church, whatever it may be, Lord. This invitation time is for you as we proclaim you are faithful. Would you please stand?